It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Horse Racing Northwest post-2023 Emerald Downs meeting. The 28th season concluded last Sunday, September 17th, with three stakes races. And meeting honors decided in that final afternoon. So many. Joe Withy, along with Vince Brune, our Director of Media Relations, and our cohort for the past several months, Bill Downs, uh, he should be back east by now. You know, about an hour ago, I got a text from Bill that uh, him and uh, his gal Megan had arrived safely back in Pittsburgh. So good news. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, Bill joined us and, and you know, in that final segment, with, when we do sports shorts, the name Seattle Mariners, that team name might come up. But uh, anyway... Vince, uh, the meeting is over. We had great attendance. It was up quite a bit. The handle, uh, with all the computer-assisted wagers, it's kind of hard to tell, but uh, uh, we did have a great handle on closing day. 2.7 million. Yeah. And, you know, it was, a, it was a fine card of racing, too. We had big fields, 100 horses on the card before a couple of scratches, and kind of a slower time this year, this time of year in California with low sal going. So it was, it was ripe and we took advantage of it. Yeah. Great field size. Our first day of the meet with over eight horses per race and the three stakes races and, uh, Hey, weekly honors for the final week, September 16th and 17th, Vince. Well, a few of these people will be talking about more as the show goes on. Uh, how can you not give it to Alex Cruz? You know, he had another big week uh, closing out with a four-bagger on closing day to wrap up this fourth straight unprecedented. So he's the jockey of the week. Las Margaritas Trainer of the Week will be our guest today, Tom Wenzel. A couple of stakes wins, just an incredible meet for Tom overall percentage-wise and in stakes wins. Our owners of the week, well, we had to give them something because Blazing Bella Blue was terrific in the walk-up and another sensational year for that horse. Charles Essex, the trainer and co-owner with Petra Lewin. And the Washington bred, how can you not give it to Slew's Tiz Wiz? A win in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. Ends up getting our horse of the meeting, an outstanding campaign for the five-year-old Wabred. Slew's Tiz Wiz, second consecutive horse of the meeting title. He didn't win the mile this year, but he did run an outstanding third in that big race. He was one of five double stakes winners at the meeting. Aloha Breeze, Appeal Factor, uh, Clovis Connection, Blazing Bella Blue, and Slew's Tiz Wiz all won two stakes races. And uh, yeah, there's some fitting uh, weekly honors to those to that group that you just outlined. Alex Cruz, the first jockey in Western Washington, no, in Washington State history at major tracks to win four consecutive titles. 
And this year, he did it a little bit more the hard way, Vince. He did. As uh, Luis Negron, who was writing First Call for Justin Evans, got out, I think he was out by about 10 or 11 at one point. Um, he was a little bit hampered, uh, Negron, uh, the second half of the meet with uh, some couple of nagging injuries. But full credit to Alex Cruz. He is just, uh, he's ultra consistent, you know, and that's what it takes to be a leading rider. You no days off. He wants to ride every race, and he rides hard every race. So he's a deserving winner. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, he's been here four seasons. He's won the title every year. This one was a little more difficult and that he had a lot of work to do. And you had those four new riders this year that were all very capable and all got off to good starts. Uh, Alexis Valdez, Carlos Montalvo, Silvio Amador, um, and uh, Louis Negron. Louis Negron, as you mentioned, and then as Isaiah Enriquez came back and, as well. So there's a and lot. Rocco of, Bowen, the second half of the meeting. Rocco was here for a lot and had a good second half of the meeting. So Alex Cruz had it uh, up against him, and of course his agent David Marble Singer, who joined us last week, was also the agent for Kevin Radke, who was runner-up last year and Luis Negron, who had the lead. So it wasn't like Cruz was get, getting the total pick of the litter with all those good riders, but uh, he came through. And I thought his ride on Blazing Bella Blue on closing day was really strong. Uh, that horse had the outside post number seven wide into the first turn, just couldn't get over. You don't want to snatch her even farther. And, you know, it just didn't look like he had a chance to to drop over and go to last. Yeah, and you know, and Anthony's Cleopatra up from California, mm -hmm. she ran a good race because she was running hooked practically the whole way and did kick clear about four lengths in mid-stretch, and I thought she was gone, honestly, and um, maybe softened up just enough, but boy, Blazing Bella Blue, she, you know, I hate to use the cliche, she wouldn't be denied. She was going to catch that horse, and that's that's a quality win, beating a horse like Anthony's Cleopatra. Uh, at Emerald Downs in a real good Washington Cup Philly and Mare Stakes. In fact, they were 13 clear of third. 13 lengths clear of the third place horse. Blazing Bella Blue defends her championship. Uh, boy, what a three-year three run she's on. She was uh, our horse of the year, Washington bred horse of the year in 2021. And she is a stakes winner again the past two years, a double stakes winner at this meet. She's one on the grass. Uh, she's a real fine horse. And as you noted earlier, her breeder, co-breeder and co-owners, uh, Charles Essex, Petra Lewin, got uh, owners of the week. Yeah. And they uh, they are up for more Washington bred honors, I'm sure. In fact, uh, you know, Blazing Bella Blue did get some votes for horse of the meeting. There, and, let's and, transition to that. And, and I could not argue with anyone who voted her because she, just like Sleuth's to his wish, she shows up every time. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, she had a couple rough trips, but she, you know, even when she's wide or things don't go right, she's always right there at the finish. And it's just a great racehorse, you know, to own or be a part of. And, uh, you know, uh, a real feather in the cap of Washington State to have to have Philly and Mare like that and to have a top older horse like Sleuth Tiz Wiz. The overall Washington bred numbers, as we've talked, Joe, have been down, but we're still coming up with some good ones. Yes. Uh, and she had that third up in Canada as well, where she ran very well in uh Infinite, uh, let's see, Infinite Patience has that just gaudy record, the Canadian Yeah, she's kind of like what a class included or a stop oh, shopping boy. Debbie would have been like down here. That's what she is up there. And to run third against her is very solid. Yeah, and she, Blazing Bella Blue, meaning a lot of work to do in that race, uh, mid-pack on uh, more of a bullring type track, and she still closed very well. 
to get third before coming back and winning the Washington Cup, Philly and Mare last week. Uh, we'll talk about the got scene in a moment, but you did mention horse of the meeting. Slew's Tiz Wiz got it, and uh, it was a pretty competitive vote. We went over a lot of the scenarios last week. Yep. Uh, Aloha Breeze was uh, two stakes wins, three for four. Uh, appeal factor had a slight chance, but she declined to go in the Godstein. So a two-year-old that doesn't run in the Godstein has a little tough time getting, you know, that high of honors. But uh, Clovis Connection was unbeaten in two starts. Yeah. And Blazing Bella Blue, if she won and somebody else didn't win, she had a big chance, as you just mentioned. But sluiced his whiz. And I'm happy to say that all the ones you just mentioned did win something. Yeah. And I'll go through those real quick. Horse of the meeting, top Washington bred and top older horse, Aldous sluiced his whiz. Blazing Bella Blue, top older filly and mare. Top three-year-old gelding and top sprinter. This was a good one. Clovis Connection, uh, you know, a sub 108.6 and a sub 115.6 and a half wow. furlongs. He was really outstanding. Top three-year-old filly, Aloha Breeze, three for three in sprints, a, re a ridiculously fast pace in the uh, in, when, she, when she stretched out in the Oaks, but she was terrific. Got top three-year-old filly. Top two-year-old Coulter Gelding. This went down to the Gottstein. Can't argue with minor league. He uh, won a maiden special and then a nice win in the Gottstein to close it out. Top tier Coulter Gelling. You mentioned top tier Philly Appeal Factor. She was sensational mm -hmm. in two outs. Top claimer went to Dirt Road Red. He was good with five uh, wins. And the race of the meeting went to the mile with five-star general. And uh, he was sensational, as we all know. And again, you got to to be eligible in a vote. You got to have raced at least twice. Right. Five-star general. His fourth consecutive Long Acres mile. And, uh, you know, we've had horses that run and have run in more miles. Uh, there's a several, a handful, but nobody run in the top three four times. And he did it four years in a row. And he capped it off better at age seven with a mile victory. Uh, Sluice Tiz Wiz nipped him for most earnings at the meet by 500 yeah, bucks. Right. It was 83,000 to 82,500. Another real close one was leading trainer earnings. Justin Evans, 558, 850. Blaine Wright, 558, 704. So that's just a matter of a fifth place or a fourth place finish by a horse one way or the other. That's, so those two both were great. You bet. A couple of the other things we had, you mentioned uh, leading jockey stakes wins. Carlos Montalvo, Jose Zanino, four each. Cruz also led uh, in earnings by jockeys, a little over a million dollars. Justin Evans, of course, leading trainer with 49. Tom Wenzel, leading stakes trainer with seven. Leading owner, Justin Evans, 21. So what a great meet for him. He was also the leading owner in earnings. And uh, top riding achievement went to Alex Cruz for, as Joe mentioned, the first rider in Emerald Downs and Washington history to win uh, four straight titles. Leading sire by wins, Harbor the Gold again, 11th time in 13 years. Uh, a couple of the other awards, Martin Durkin Award uh, went to Howie Gibson and Jill Serrano. Lindy Alleman Award, Alex Cruz, why not? He won everything else. And Jockey's Valid of the Year, good guy down there, Al Padilla. Yeah. And the, the Lindy Award is a vote among fellow riders. And it's yes, not it is. necessarily the rider that has, you know, the most earnings or wins, but uh, somebody that gets along and, and shows inspirational uh, work, uh, dedication, you know, maybe throwing a little humility even, getting along. Sportsmanship and yeah. accomplishment. It's, uh, it's, it's being a professional down there and someone that your peers admire, you know, the way you go about your business, you know, uh, on and off the track. And as we mentioned, Alex is a pro. He shows up to ride hard every day. Joe, you know what winning the title means to him. 
Yeah, he he really wanted it, and he got it four straight. Uh, Gary Bays had won three straight. Uh, Gary Boulanger in Long Acres era. Uh, Robert Haug, uh, Pedro Alvarado over at Yakima. But nobody would ever won four consecutive at Playfair, Yakima, Emerald Downs, or Long Acres. Alex Cruz, the first to do that. He's going to head down to... Uh, I don't know if he's going to ride at Grant's Pass at all. His wife, Jamie, is going to start a couple horses there, he said. And he says, I don't know if she's going to put me on those horses or not. <laughs> and so, uh, but he is headed to the Fresno meet as well, as is Kevin Radke, who won the Fresno, Fresno meet last fall. The big Fresno fair. And uh, I know, I, well, it'll be an interesting race, the Bulldog, this year, because I know that the Top Harbor... Tim McKenna mm. and his owners have talked about running there. And, and Blaine Wright said one of his three-year-olds, I can't remember when we had him on the podcast, uh, it would either be Clovis Connection or Prince Abu Dhabi. He mentioned one of those was going to take on older horses in the Bulldogs. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. That's always the biggest race down at Fresno. Yeah, very good. Well, you mentioned uh, leading stakes jockey, Carlos Montalvo. Boy, he did the right thing. He got in that Tom Wenzel barn early and won four stakes from just uh, nine mounts and two seconds and a third as well for Carlos Montalvo. And Jose Zanino, another good year. He won four stakes and had a couple of long shot winners also. Uh, our Lila Grace was one of them. Yeah. And, uh, Right, and Jamie's Inheritance. There you go, in Jamie's Inheritance in the Oaks paid. Yeah, and you mentioned all the, the influx of good riders. Carlos Montalvo was very impressive. Mm -hmm. I think of a like, couple rides he put up on Fantastic Day where he lagged way back and came up the rail and timed it perfectly. Yeah, and good example there. And, you know, Tom... You know, likes uh, Wenzel likes to spread it around, but you're better. You're, you're gonna have to produce when you get on those good horses too. And Carlos just did. Joe, when you'd interview him, he's, he's he's a confident rider. You can see that. You know, he's he's really a good rider, but you know, he's not afraid to go out and ride in a big race, and that was pretty evident. Damn, darn right. Okay, speaking of Tom Wenzel, he's going to join us on Horse Racing Northwest. He's back at the Keeneland Sale. Looking to get more, and uh, I don't think we've mentioned that yet. Tom Wenzel won his third consecutive Gottstein Futurity on Sunday with Minor League. Three straight, only Bill McMeans had done that in the 83 years of the Gottstein and Washington Futurity history. So congratulations to and Tom. it's for the same owner, too. That's Dr. right. Dr. George Todaro, the nice horses picked out by their manager, Bob Capaletti. You mentioned that Keeneland sale. I was watching a little bit of that on the computer the other day. That's really fun to watch. That goes fast, those catalogs there. and They uh, have so many to sell. Yeah, and it's, it looked like mainly the... the uh, the uh, auction is done mainly on over the internet. It seemed to be, you know, where the where the big biggest uh, bids were coming hmm. in from. A couple of interests I saw one out of Rache Lee went for a hundred grand. I think dialed in was a sire. Right. Rache Lee was that a was good winner at Emerald Downs. I think it was Tuesday. Okay, and then Perfect Pie, who was uh, won the Distaff here a few years ago. I saw she had one. I think it went for twenty something thousand. Okay. Yeah. So that is a long sale with a lot of really nice looking horses. Well, let's take a break and come back with trainer Tom Wenzel when we return on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. 
What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. They've got one furlong to go, and it's Minor League. Minor League has a lead by two lengths. Bourbon Dancer down the center of the course in second. And then it's General Crook and Whiskey Harbor, 16th to go. Minor League, Bourbon Dancer, a final try on the outside, but it's Minor League who holds in the Gottstein Futurity. Minor League, the son of Mineshaft, took the Gottstein on Sunday, defeating 11 others. And a great stretch run for minor league to push his record to two for three, win the Gottstein, and give his trainer, Tom Wenzel, his third consecutive Gottstein triumph. And a fantastic stakes year for trainer Tom Wenzel. Uh, George Todaro, his uh, top owner involved in Aloha Breeze and minor league. And, uh, of course, Slews to his whiz, part of the family now. Tom Wenzel joins us from Keeneland on Horse Racing Northwest. Tom, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, congratulations again. Uh, just a tremendous season. Seven stakes wins from just 17 starters, over 40% wins. Uh, the categories were spread around with Slews Tiz Wiz, Aloha Breeze, and of course, uh, Lloyd's Logic was a factor in three-year-old races earlier in the meet. And then you come through with the Gottstein again. Uh, that had to be pretty satisfying watching minor league win at a mile and a 16th, Tom. Yeah, it sure was. We had a we had a high hopes for him uh, to, to run well in the race based on kind of his pedigree and what we had seen out of his second start when we put the blinkers on him because he, he woke up and that start pretty good and caught a caught a speed horse that was was out there loose which is sometimes very hard to do at emerald but yeah he ran great he had a little trouble on the first turn uh when uh, my mm. other filly kind of in the race checked in front of him but yeah. he recovered from that ran a good race and, and blaine wright's horse made a beautiful stretch run to almost catch us and we we're kind of lucky to hold him off you know tom uh you mentioned your filly that was la push and she and uh, Chancellor's Boom kind of hooked up for six furlongs, and Chancellor's Boom ended up finishing last while La Push finished fifth out of twelve. So she ran pretty well too. Yeah, she's a good she's a good filly. We were, she ran really good when we when she broke her maiden this year, and it was it was a tough. Uh, you know, it's very tough to win off of one start with even a good colt, and asking a filly to do it. Uh, is even can be tougher and you're right she didn't get a, a lead by herself or something that would set her up for a little more success but she hung in there pretty good and her and um minor league were at the top of the lane together and this really just got got tired uh this race and, and like i said one start is a kind of a tough animal it was the end of the year and we just thought we'd try her and she drew outside so we did have to push her pretty significantly to kind of get early position and she did that and uh, dueled and you know if she could have got a lead by herself maybe she could have hung in there a little better down the lane but hopefully uh, good things ahead for her next year she's going to get a break a break now and but i uh I, I i like her quite a bit she she did hang in there pretty well for for a horse off of one start and having to duel 
Sure did. Tom Wenzel, our top stakes trainer. What a, what a fantastic year. And uh, talking about his Godstein horses. And then Slew's Tiz Wiz, uh, your good friend, uh, the family of Carl Craig. Carl passed away a few years ago and uh, kind of left the finances for a couple more seasons of racing and training. And uh, you had Slew's Tiz Wiz, a homebred of his. And he won the mile last year. He was tremendous, uh, an improved three-year-old and a greatly improved four-year-old. And Carl, of course, and his wife Darlene, uh, that was kind of it. They still are raising some youngsters over there on Whidbey Island. But uh, the ownership group changed to you and your wife, Melissa, Terry, and Mary Lou Griffin. And, uh, of course, the Brewers as well. Um Roy and Tammy Brewer, and uh, let's face it, you guys had a, another very satisfying season, and congratulations on that win on Sunday. Yeah, that was that was uh, a good run for the horse again this year because he he kind of ran. We had to run him right in the stakes this year, and he's good enough to do that. And ran well in all the all the races, and even his mile race that day, uh, he went he went pretty wide. Done. He didn't have as clean a trip the time before, and those the two. Grant's horse and another horse from California will run big races this year, but we hung in there for third that day, so we were we were happy with him. Uh, and then he comes back and won the Washington race, like he probably should uh, under those circumstances. But yeah, he had a great year for a horse that that had a big year the year before to have him come back and compete like he did was was rewarding. Very much so. Slew's Tiz Wiz, horse of the meat, two years in a row. Of course, he'll be vying for some Washington bred honors as well as uh, 2023 comes to an end in December. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Vince, your list of top stakes trainers at Emerald Downs changed a little bit this year. Tom Wenzel with seven of our 21 stakes going to his barn. He's now number two all time behind Doris Harwood. Yeah, him and uh, Blaine Wright and Frank and and Howard Belvoir are all kind of bunched together there. Yeah, and uh, great. Tom great. up to uh, 50, 57 or, or fifty six stakes wins is is second right ahead of uh, Frank. And, and you know when you mention Tom stakes wins, it's pretty cool when you look at it because Slew's Tiz was is a homebred, a Washington bred, but yet uh, Tom goes back to the sales. We mentioned he's there and with George Todaro, they and and Bob Capley. Tom, you and Bob and you guys really. I have a great eye for coming up for these Jeez. horses that aren't really the the you know the pick of the litter back there. You know they're nice horses, but they, a lot of them go for around twenty thousand or whatever. So you guys really have a developed a good eye for coming up uh, with some really great horses for Emerald Downs. How do you and I mean just it's a, I know it's an art, but how, what would you say you and Bob are really looking for back there? Well, uh, I guess not to divulge. All our our luck time. I mean, we're we're lucky too sometimes. I mean, you have to have a little luck in the game, but we have a certain set of parameters that we're looking for most of the time in young horses uh, when we're at these sales, and it's a combination of things. And Bob knows, you know, a tremendous amount about pedigrees and stuff, and I know stuff about confirmation as well and vet reports that we look at, and we just kind of a, a good partnership as far as trying to piece it all together and buy horses that we think are a little undervalued for what, and it's not easy back here because there's a lot of money in a, you know, a twenty twenty five thousand $25,000 horse going through the sale back here. That's a cheap horse mm-hmm. compared to 
back home. So it's just kind of a process. And, and you know, I've been doing this for a while, so believe me, there's been a learning curve leading up to the last few years as well. But And there's luck involved. You know, there, you look at so many every day here, pass this one, go up on this one. And and so, but, but there is a certain set of parameters that we tend to stick to that has seemed to be able to produce for us. Yeah, and uh, have you purchased uh, a couple this week? I think we we saw some results. Yeah, that... we we came in uh, Monday morning, and we did not buy anything Monday, but we've purchased one each day: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and today Friday. We've got two Colts and two Phillies, and we might possibly look for one more tomorrow for for Doctor Todaro. So it's a lot of fun. It's uh, you know it's fun going to the sales back here and. You sure get a kind of a variety of all the different uh, pedigrees and stallions, and it gives you a good flavor of what's going on nationally in the breeding business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and mine, sh- or excuse me, uh, minor league didn't really run until you know he wasn't in one of those early two-year-old races. So uh, that development was outstanding, and yeah, winning the Godstein three straight, all George Tadaro horses. And Bob Capaletti, the stable manager, it's just, it, it's a fantastic story, Tom. Um, and we did training day, and you've been real cooperative on that. You must have had, I think you had three or four juveniles on the track last Thursday morning that had not started yet this year. Am I wrong on that? No, you, you, you are right. I I uh, only started three babies this year wow. of my bunch. I was... Which I probably didn't do as good a training job as I should have this year on a few of them. I had a few that we tried to get in late in the meet, but it just the races didn't happen for them. But you're right, I did have a number of juveniles that didn't start for us this year. So that was, uh, and some of them don't, you know, mentally or physically, they don't always come to hand till the fall. And so with us, uh, Ending in September, there's always going to be a few that are almost right there, but you know, just have, you know, don't get in a race because of that. Well, you're going to have some good four-year-olds next year. Aloha Breeze, Lloyd's Logic, and uh, you're going to have a, a good older horse again in Slew's Tizwiz, a great older horse. And you're going to have a lot of three-year-olds next year, as well as some uh, juveniles that are coming into the uh, stable. And I think, uh, are your horses... Broke up at uh, Pegasus up in Redmond, usually? They are. Yep. Yeah, we break the majority of horses up uh, at Dr. Domenico's place uh, with Mike Pewitch and Melissa up there. Mm-hmm. Do a great job for us every year, and been doing that for quite a few years now, and they get a lot of experience. So by the time I get them, uh, you know, they're in good shape and they're used to a racetrack environment, which helps them and helps me a whole bunch. I really appreciate them up at that farm. They've done a lot for us in the last uh, 10 years. Well, it, the, your team with Tadaro and Capaletti uh, and your other owners, you've got quite a few other longtime owners as well, and uh, business is going to be good for you next year with the, the scenarios of horses training at Emerald Downs. Uh, just really fantastic stuff, Tom. Uh just you know some good competition this year and uh boy those other trainers wow wenzel's horse is uh, gonna be tough to beat and they were 
Yeah, and I, you know, I got to mention just watching Tom's operation day to day out there. He's got a real steady crew of exercise riders, a very organized barn. It's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, Tommy really put together kind of a, a well-oiled machine here at Emerald Downs. No, I try to. I'm <laughs> not one to want to babysit or micromanage uh, much. I like to give my guys a lot of rope as long as they think they're capable, and I think that's kind of a good way to manage people. Uh, it gives them a chance to do do things as well. But I'm I am very lucky. I've got a good group of owners and a great crew that helps me from all the grooms and foremen and the assistants. That makes my life uh, makes my life a lot easier when uh, you know when you run into when you run into day to day operations. Yeah, um, and then you know you you've had Jose Zanino as one of your riders the last few years, and he has really come through. I mean, his career just has had this huge boost the last couple seasons, especially. Uh, he tied for leading stakes jockey this year, which, you know, and, and if you thought of that with five Carlos, years ago. Carlos Montalvo, yeah, my other rider. Exactly. Tied with Zanino, so that was, that's happy for me to see, because yeah. Carlos was a new rider that I really enjoyed and did a great job uh riding for us this year he kind of replaced Teddy martinez who mm-hmm. decided not to come back this year and jose kept up his good work for me and it's nice it is really nice to see jose do well at this point in his career and and, and have some success especially in some of the better races because that was some of the early years for him were you know a little more lacking in those type of better horses and so it's great to see him get a chance to have a few shots on some of these better horses and, and do well. And I, both those guys I enjoy, and especially Jose, having ridden for me the last two, three years. And every time I leg him up, he tries really hard for me, no matter which horse it is. So I appreciate appreciate their efforts. Yeah, they have come through. You've given them opportunity. They have come through. And uh, another uh, just a fantastic season for trainer Tom Wenzel. And his stake's getting cold back there in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. A uh, little more work to do back there, Tom? Yeah, one one more day. Tomorrow's okay. the last day of the sale. And then we'll, uh, we'll be on the plane flying home tomorrow late afternoon. That is great. Well, thanks for catching up. Uh, and uh, let's hope you bring some winners back to Emerald Downs. Uh, I'm sure they'll be they'll they'll have their potential. So, have a great uh, tomorrow and rest of the weekend. Safe trip home. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys. Have a good off season. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. You too, Tom. Tom Wenzel right. joining us uh, now, number two behind Doris Harwood in stakes wins at Emerald Downs. And uh, there we go. I got that taken care of. And you know, I'm looking here. Uh, minor li- league didn't run until his first start was not till July 22nd. Yeah. And he ran fourth in a maiden race to Freightline. Um, and I, I was co-owner of Freightline, of course. And David I know, Israel's. That was a tough one. David Israel's going. Hey, we beat minor league. We won a stake. He won one stake. Um, he did get a vote. <laughs> yeah. There oh, was, did he? Yes, he did. Did he? Well. Uh, and it actually, it wasn't from me. I mean, I thought, you know, the, if you win one stake uh, and you win the Godstein, beat 11 others and horses that are going really good at the time, uh, that's a, a little... Yeah, no, that, that's frustrating. I feel for you guys because you have a real nice horse there and you guys probably would have been about two to five in the Washington Cup. And then, you know, everything goes well there. You're, I'm sure you're... The way the horse was running, yeah. his style, I figured to, to just appreciate more ground. So, But as long as he's got a good... 
winter off and can come back healthy. Yeah. You guys have an exciting horse there. Yeah, I just had like a pulled muscle. He he had the fastest uh, five-eighths at the meet, did Freightline, and he had the fastest six-and-a-half for two-year-olds. For two-year-olds, yeah. At two distances. So, but minor league won the Gottstein. He was top two-year-old and uh, Tom Wenzel in charge. Okay, we're going to come back with our third and final segment here on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Slews, tis, whiz, down the center of the course in third and two lengths off the lead. And it's Slews, tis, whiz, reeling in, Gold Crusher inside the eighth pole. It's Kraken Times in third, 16th to go. It's Slews, tis, whiz, who prevails in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic by three and a half. Slews, tis, whiz, taking the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, a race that he actually did not win last year after winning the Long Acres Mile of 2022. He was beaten, uh, it was a gallant effort, closing that gap very quickly at the end to Papa's Golden Boy. But Papa's Golden Boy won the Classic last year, sluiced his whiz, gets it this year, gets top older horse, horse of the meeting, and, of course, uh, top earner as well. Okay, Vince... Uh, Let's do some back and forths on what was going on at Emerald Downs this year. You can kick it off. Well, we got some news this morning on a former Emerald Downs track announcer. And Matt Dinnerman has been named race announcer. Currently, it is at Golden Gate, but he has been, he's going to be the new voice of Oaklawn Park starting December 9th. And, Joe, that's a meet you and I follow. It's one of the most successful meets in America, one of the most prestigious that young man has come a long ways. I remember when he arrived at Emerald Downs in 2015, he showed the aptitude right off the bat. But, you know, for a 23-year-old guy, and I really got to tip my hat to Sophia McKee, our former marketing director, and Phil Ziegler, to, to have the, you know, the, I don't want to use the word guts, but kind of to, to hire an unproven entity yeah. like that. And he stepped right in, and he was a hit. And he was back there in the stable area. Joe, you know this this guy lives, breathes, eats horse racing. He's on social media with a really nice presence. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. So I think Oakland Park uh, made a great decision here in in uh, hiring Matt Dinnerman. You know, Bill Downs, a lot of these other guys, Travis Stone, they would have all been great too. But I can see why why they went for Matt. And that's a real feather in young Matt Dinnerman's cap. Hey, a great hire for Oaklawn and fantastic for Matt's career as he has just jumped forward. Uh, again, yeah, that is a tremendous meet. Starts in early December. Uh, well, I remember the meeting. It was probably on a Wednesday, and Robert had announced that uh, he was going to be heading to Woodbine, Robert Geller, 2015. Um, and we heard probably five or six announcers on tape Mm -hmm. There was probably six, eight of us in the room, and uh, it came time for this one, and, hey, you know, yeah, he sounds okay. Who's he, you know? 
it was Matt Dinnerman. He'd never called a horse race, but he'd called several into the tapes before. Yeah, he was from San Diego, and he had worked, uh, you know, as an intern in the media department there with the likes of Dan Smith and Mac McBride. He got to know Trevor Denman. And, uh, yeah, he just, you know, I keep using the word, Joe, he's got an aptitude for race calling that just, you know, some people have it and some people don't, and he's got it. And, Definitely. But more than that, he lives and breathes it. He loves it. You know, he loves the sport. And doggone it, our sport needs young blood like oh. Matt Dinnerman in it. So I, I can totally understand why Oakland, one of the most successful racetracks in America, would step up and hire Matt Dinnerman. Yeah. Yeah, he that meeting happened. We all had yeah, that yeah, guy sounds so yeah. Sophia got him here for that Saturday. Yeah. He came to that the Emerald Downs that very next Saturday, spent the day with Robert Geller up there in the booth. He called uh, at least one race. I know his first yeah, race was and I know Matt was nervous, but what a soothing presence to have Robert yeah. Geller in there with you and yeah, putting it total at ease. And uh I saw Robert, one of the first to congratulate Matt on social media today and Joe, you and I watch Oakland a lot, and we enjoy the meet, and uh, this is going to be fun for right. us, too. Definitely. And as you said, Matt was here. He was in the stable area all the time, the Quarter Shoot Cafe. He'd helped me on training day videos. I'm telling you, he could pick out horses. Yeah. He, I mean, he worked know, with horses. You knew the saddle cloths, and then his, his mind, I mean, he just knew which horse that was of Wenzel's or yeah. which horse that was of Debbie Peary's. And uh, I said, okay, yeah, let's get that one. And and he read Training Day many times. He just wanted to be around and uh, so enthusiastic. It's it's just, a, again, a great hire for Oaklawn, a great move in Matt Dinnerman's career. Uh, Oaklawn announcer coming up in December. And, of course, his job at Golden Gate would, would have ended uh, in, uh, in next June. spring. Yeah, okay. and I... I exchanged a couple texts with Matt. He says he, it, it's not decided, but he's probably going to work Golden Gate through late November okay. and then head down to uh, Hot Springs. Okay. And uh, one for me, Mike Mann's Gold has arrived at Old Friends in Kentucky. Uh, a little kickoff thing for him on December 10th and December 10th? On September 10th here at Emerald Downs in the paddock, we have a video that uh, is on YouTube on Mike Mann's gold and his connections, uh, speaking about him and his career. And he is shipped back successfully to the prestigious retirement home just outside of Lexington, old friends. Mike Mann's gold, the Washington bred legend, is there. His name has been spoken so many times since he first raced in 2012 here at Emerald Downs. Uh, Vince? Okay, I was going through the charts closing weekend, and it Something occurred to me. A lot of our venerable Emerald Downs trainers had wins closing weekend. And here's the list of people who won closing weekend who have won at least one race every season at Emerald Downs. Uh, Charles Essex, Joe Toy, Bonnie Jenny, Frank Lucarelli, Howard Belbort, Tom Wenzel. So, uh, and I believe that's correct. I went through that on a couple of sites, though. But... Yeah, so uh, all those people out in evidence, really happy to see Bonnie Jenny had had kind of a rough meet, yeah. you know, and uh, she was beaming after Pirate Red won at 28 to 1. That's... Bill Downs was kicking himself because he liked that horse a uh, lot the time before. Well, and he gave him a little push. It wasn't yeah. his top pick as we yeah. make our official picks on Mike a few minutes to post, and he gave 
uh, Pirate Red another push, but uh, well, that's too bad he didn't because that was about twenty eight to one. You said yeah. twenty eight to one, third highest uh, two dollar win mutual of the meet fifty nine twenty. Okay, well that's a good list there. Um, Pistol Power, a nine year old this year that did win at Emerald Downs. Uh, he has eleven wins. He's the horse with the most wins, a leading active winner. 11 victories for Pistol Power, and Jesse Velasquez says, yeah, he got a little rest the last part of the meeting, but he'll, he'll be coming back next year. So he's number one on the active winners list. Pistol Power with 11 wins, Cody's Choice 10, Classic Leah missed the boat, have nine. Slews Tiz Wiz, eight wins. Uh, Brilliant Bird, Coastal Jazz, Mean Sharon, all with seven wins and a whole bunch with six heading into next year, including Blazing Bella Blue. But Pistol Power uh, will be 10 next year, and he was great this year when we saw him on the track. Vince? Very good. And a little addendum to my last item, I wanted to mention also another nice win last week by Muncie Mm. at 25 to 1. There's a horse, Joe. He hit hard all year outrunning his odds. I felt a little bad. I was happy to see him win because the horse deserved it. And Howard Belvoir, Vicki Potter, Jennifer Whitaker, all part of that. Um, But I had chased that horse a couple times. And then to see him win it, pay 50 bucks, that was a little rough. But he, hats off to Muncie. He's been a hard trying horse here and uh, he got an overdue win. This was a kind of an oddity stat. Usually a leading rider will have uh, more wins than they have seconds. And Alex Cruz, again this year, had more seconds than wins. Now, he's had three, four titles, and three out of the four years, he's had more seconds than first. 2023, he huh. had 69 wins, 71 seconds. 2022, he had 90 wins, 83 seconds. 2021, it was 75, 79. And in 2020, 72 and 73. Again, I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just how hard he rides. <laughs> Even even when he's beaten, he'll try to get second, or if he's not getting second, he'll try to get third, and so on. So uh, Alex, uh, a lot a lot of exacta players have been rewarded with Alex Cruz the last couple of years. Yeah, that that is a, a little different, but as you mentioned, he never gives an inch, and uh, he did have three stakes wins as well, just one behind the leaders Montalvo and Zanino. Uh, Wasserman and Stryker PhD are at the same farm currently, and they're going to be there through the fall and winter. And uh, Wasserman is number one all-time in Emerald Downs earnings. Stryker PhD is number two all-time in Emerald Downs earnings. That's kind of cool that they're at the Ross Farm in Auburn. Of course, Stryker's been there since he retired in uh 2018 uh, i believe it was yeah and uh wasserman has spent a lot of uh winters at various homes uh mostly in eastern washington uh, the past few years but uh, it was good to have wasserman at emerald downs this year a couple of those uh, breakfast at the wires and they're at the same farm speaking of the ross farm Mm -hmm. we had one remaining horse with the emerald racing club which at the end of the year we have to disperse that was Scatalicious, who was 0 for 8, but had 4 seconds and 4 thirds. We put together a syndicate, and she'll race under a new banner next year, but she is going to winter. In fact, she's already there at the Ross Farm. So we'll go out and visit Scatalicious from time to time. And she had the most uh, perfect, she had the best perfect record of in the money run. In the money, yeah, with 8, but without a win. So it was yeah. hard to knock the consistency, a little yeah. frustrating not to get the win, but she'll get them next year. 
We haven't mentioned Claimer of the Meat yet, and it's now 16 times in 28 Emerald Down seasons that the leading horse in races one has had exactly five wins, and that was Dirt Road Red, the only five-time winner this year. Yeah, and speaking of good claimers, Tribal Impact won again last yes. week. That was number four for him, and guess what? They were all at big prices, and anyone who got on that bandwagon... Oh. Congratulations, because you did well, and congrats to uh, owner-trainer Jesus Garcia for a good job with that horse who is by? Uh, Clubhouse Ride. That's right. Yeah. And Jose Zanino aboard for all four of those wins. Correct, yeah. And He he had to have the best uh, ROI of any jockey with those wins, and then two long shot stakes wins. Yeah, it was frustrating. I liked new every morning a little bit last weekend, and I wish the horse would have just opened up when it had the chance. I'm second guessing here, but if you're going to get in a sprinting contest with tribal impact at the eighth pole, you're not going to win. He's going to outgun, outgun you to the wire, and that's kind of what happened there. Good effort by both those horses, though. Yeah, and you did mention uh, Har- Harbor of the Gold was our leading sire with 18 wins. Clubhouse Ride was fantastic with uh, 13 wins. Kiss Ride, Goodbye, Dirt Road Red, yeah. Tribal Impact. Wow. I've gone so far as to <laughs> have email correspondence with someone who's very close to Clubhouse Ride inquiring about maybe getting a horse up here next year mm. by that sire. Okay, well, we're going to have Barkley runners next year. Uh, Barkley two-year-olds. It'll be the last year with Harbor the Gold two-year-olds in 2024. So a lot to look forward to there. Raised a Secret had his first stakes winner this year with uh, Rimrock Lake. So yeah, there's some there's some optimism out there. Okay, um, Tom Wenzel has uh, three Gottstein wins. He's on the list. He's in the well. He's tied for fifth place. Bud Clockstad has the most Glocks. Uh, Gottstein wins as a trainer with seven. Bill McMean, six. Joe Boyce and Doris Harwood, four each. Earl Armstrong, three. Jim Penny, three. And Tom Wenzel, three. So, uh, boy, just moving on the scene of recent Tom Wenzel, three straight Gottstein wins. and He might have bought in the fourth one this week. Who knows? He could have if, they, if they're buying four or five horses. Look out uh, in the two-year-old division next year. Here at Emerald Downs. Okay, uh, that is some sports shorts. Let's see, did I forget anything well, else? We got a couple other sports shorts. We better or update I mean, Bill's Mariners. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, sports shorts. Uh, go ahead. Well, I got one, but this is Bill's one. Yeah, go for I, Bill. Well, Mariners have 10 games left. This is going to be the most exciting 10-day stretch, one of them in Mariners history because they've got three at Texas beginning tonight and then home for the final week. Three with Houston and close it out with four against Texas at home. And all three teams have 68 losses. And Toronto also has got 68 losses. One of those teams isn't going to make the playoffs. They're on another winning streak, just like they were last Friday when we did uh, our podcast. Uh, But then they ran into the Dodgers over the weekend. But now they're on a, what, three-game winning streak? Thank God for the Oakland A's. They went 12-1 and against them this year. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's... It's going to be exciting. This is all you can hope for as a baby. These are all playoff games, to use the cliche from here on in. Okay, my sport short is concerning Emerald Downs and the top earner at the meeting in our 28 seasons of racing. Five times in track history, the uh, Sluice Tiz Wiz became the fifth older horse to lead the meet in earnings and not win the mile. 
So an older horse, a four-year-old and up, to meet, lead the meet in earnings and not win the miles. Lose to his whiz. Had 83,000. Five-star general, 82,500. 2001, it was Maker's Mark. He finished third in the mile that year, but he led the meet in earnings. Noosa Beach led the meet in 2011, going three for four, losing only the mile to Awesome Gem. OB Harbor led the meet in earnings in 2016, going four for third five. Third in the mile. Third in the mile to Point Piper. And Mach 1 Rules led the meet in earning in 2017. He was second in the mile to Gold Rush Dancer. Mach 1 Rules won three stakes of his own that year. So Salouse Tizwiz, the fifth older horse to lead the meet in earnings, not win the mile. So that, that's a pretty good season as well. And of course, all those horses placed in the mile, Vince, which is yep. a big purse and, and, a, and a good check for running, uh, placing in the Longacre's Mile. I did Bill, now I'll do mine here okay. real quick. Sure. What a weekend it's coming up for Seattle sports fans. I don't know if this has ever happened before. Okay, on Saturday, the Washington Huskies, I believe, ranked eighth, is it? Or 20 and a half point favorites at home against the Cal Bears at Husky Stadium. Then on Sunday at Lumen Field, the Seahawks, minus five and a half, hosting Carolina. Then on Monday, the Mariners at home for a critical series against the Astros and the Kraken will be at Climate Pledge hmm. Arena playing their first exhibition game. So I don't know if in a three-day period the Husky, Seahawks, Mariners, and Kraken have all had home games. But this is that time of year where a lot of sports overlap, just as they do in April. That's uh, that's quite a weekend. And I'm sure there's a few people out there uh, rubbing their hands together, knowing that they're going to uh, all of those, or at least part of them. It's going to be hard to go to both the Kraken and the uh, Mariner game. And then across state, a huge game. Who do you like? Oregon State, Washington State. I see Oregon State as a slight favorite there, I think. Yeah, that, that surprised me a little bit. I thought Washington State would be a slight favorite, but uh, Oregon State has, uh, they played really well last year at the end of the season. The Cougars are going great too. A couple of 3-0 and teams. That's a, a heck of a matchup in, in the state this week. How good are the Huskies? Huskies are, are super exciting. Their offense is, uh, you know, it's pretty astounding that now teams that scout them, that play them and get a chance to look at the tape, they cannot cover these receivers. Mm -hmm. And then Michael Penix has this fantastic arm. I mean... Is he that, an NFL guy? Yes. With that, with that arm, I mean, the term you throw the receiver open, meaning the defender can... If his weight is just off a split a hair going the wrong direction, Penix can throw a 25-yarder in there before the defender can even react. And that that's an NFL arm um, and sophisticated passing offense, picking out the receivers. It's a, it's a real credit to their coaching staff. They seem to be well coached, the Huskies, oh, with this DeBoer. He was a home run hire. Oh, my gosh. That, that, that passing offense is is really something. And, and how about the, the Pac-12, which is, yeah. is going away? They, they're a powerhouse in football this year. Yeah. Um, I heard some number on them, 20, 25 and something or other, but uh, it's one of their best off uh, preseason before conference play starts up, their best record in a long, long time, if not ever, because uh, there are several undefeated teams. We've talked about a few of them already, and Toss in UCLA and uh, Utah and uh, USC. I, I, I don't want to sound like an old guy because I understand things evolve and change. It's just the way it is. But 
to me, it's a shame. We, you and I go back to the old pack eight days and have many, so many great memories of not only the Huskies, but also the pack eight, yeah, pack I re- 10. I remember the pack five in the mid sixties. Yeah. Big five or pack five before Oregon, Oregon state and Washington state joined things. Uh, yeah. It, and the uh, UCLA basketball, USC football. The you traditions know. are leaving that, that is rough. It really is. It's, uh, uh, changing not so much for the great for us traditional sports fans but teams will still be around just uh, playing a few different uniforms all right uh we're down to trivia last week it was which horse is running the most washington cups russ nakagawa got it vince not surprised russ is a russ is a machine when it comes to uh knowing horse racing there were two answers. Both Wasserman and Mike Mansgold have run in seven Washington Cups. Wow. So uh, those two horses, Mike Mansgold mentioned today. He's back at Old Friends, Wasserman over at the Ross Farm. Great to see those fellas alive. We'll get a camera on them, uh, Wasserman and uh, Stryker over at the Ross Farm this fall. And okay, a new trivia question. So it is... We mentioned Bud Klockstad has seven Gottstein wins. Seven Gottstein futurities. He won his first one with OK Yet back at Long Acres. I think that was the last year. It was a sprint, 1986, and a whole bunch of them since then, uh, seven in all. But Bud Klockstad, with seven juvenile stakes wins in the Gottstein, only has one Washington Cup victory which is pretty ironic because he's number seven all time among stakes trainers. Even after this year, a few people passed him. So name Bud Klockstad's only Washington Cup stakes victory. But of course, the first uh, Emerald Downs trainer to make the Hall of Fame uh, since then has been joined by uh, Tim McKenna, Doris Harwood, Howard Belvoir, Frank Lucarelli. And uh, there's our question. Bud Klockstad's only Washington Cup stakes winner. And we'll be back on Horse Racing Northwest in, uh, let's make it a couple weeks. So we'll take uh, next week off. We'll come back the following week. Thanks for listening and joining us all season. Start looking towards the Breeders' Cup here pretty quick. Breeders' Cup and fall racing. Thanks for listening, too. And, Cy, thank you for the production all year long as well. Cy Labar, our producer, editor. This. Thanks to John Lindley again for all his help throughout the year, too, for you, Joe, and for me, and a lot of great info. Most definitely. John joined us last week on the podcast. In case you missed that, you can head to Horse Racing Northwest or to the Emerald Downs website and pick up those previous shows. Thanks again. Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>